Welcome to the Dog Pound Daily Podcast. I'm Stephen Gabitza. Joining me, as always, is Andrew Sipe, Andrew Eleven Time <laughs> Podcast Guest of the World. It's me, Andrew. Just returned from a trip to Vegas. How much money did you bet on the Browns? Zero, actually. I Zero dollars. For, I kind of forgot. You know, I was gonna do my I, I was gonna do my five win over, but I, I didn't. I didn't. I did bet on the Cavs though. Twenty twenty bucks or I think it was forty to win two eighty for them to win the series, but that was before game Ooh. two. So I should have doubled down after uh, You should have parlayed in the Browns the winning the division. And the Indians winning the World Series. That'd have been crazy. Indian, the Browns are not going to. The Browns would cost me that bet too. Like just <laughs> as happenstance, that would probably happen. So as Never I um, have come to understand here in the past few minutes off the air, you have uh, a bone to pick with a certain Browns player. I do. Well, there's. I think we're going to talk about both of them here in this podcast. But the main one that I actually wrote an article on about a week ago uh, is Corey Coleman. Um, is once again being held out in training camp. I believe for the second straight year until training camp, he's missing. I mean, he did, he fell on the ball. It was kind of a freak thing. I I understand, but like, dude, you're getting hit by 300 pound people and you're going to fall on the ball. That would it knock the wind out. I'm not someone was on top. I mean, at this point it's almost just precaution. Well, and he's got the hamstring injury too. And like, yeah, these soft tissue injuries happen from time to time, but this is the second year now where this guy's shown flashes, but then not, been able to stay on the field and at some point the Browns are going to need a number one receiver and if he's going to be healthy and be that receiver like I said he's got to be healthy to do it so it there's going to come a time where we need to decide can we even count on him to be a number one receiver and so far he's just been a little bit too nicked up for me to say that he's he's a number one well train I mean this time of year is tough because if you're even remotely hurt like Miles Garrett they're going to put you on the bike yeah and again, that's another thing too, but he's not even on the bike. You know, he might be in the meeting rooms, but he's, they, they literally said he's just out until training camp. They took so pictures maybe that's of him an on extreme, media day. Maybe that's an extreme precaution, but I mean, you, you saw what he did last year when he was out with time, you know, he broke his hand and tried to come back and by then the season's over, but there were still really no flashes after that week two game. So I think you just got to get this guy in the field. He missed, I think, the first two preseason games last year, too. That's valuable time against NFL-type speed that you can't get back. I mean, how long is this guy going to stay hurt before we can actually utilize him on the football field? Or at Do least you think if it, he is you know, struggling this year, or the, is the whole receiving core doomed? Or is there anyone who you think could step up and shine? Or is it just, just another I, situation of the Browns missing I, out I think, on a position? Yeah, I, I wrote an article about how the Browns probably missed Terrell Pryor more than anything, and, and I think it's true now. Um, with, with Corey Coleman being out until training camp, I think it just raises that red flag or, or makes that need a little bit more glaring at the wide receiver position. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even if you were to bring Terrell Pryor back in a one-year deal and the Browns swallowed their pride and took him back, you know, you're, you're a better receiving core with Kenny Britt, with Terrell Pryor, than you are with a hurt Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt and then Ricardo Lewis, Richard Higgins, the, those kind of guys. I, I think they're really banking on one of those young guys to step up, but it's going to stem from the quarterback play. But I, I don't see any of those guys really that, that are bound to make an impact like uh, like losing a Terrell Pryor is. Or I mean, at this point, they, I mean, they just drafted him. I mean, you know, Lewis, 
Higgins, Coleman, and Jordan Payton just drafted them last year. So based on the way they're kind of running this rebuilding process, you kind of have to give them another year. Yeah, if receivers take a while to develop. I get that. But they're also and the players the quarterback that could... play last year was pretty bad. Agreed. And I'll always give them that point because – but. To be fair, there are receivers that come on right away that don't have good quarterback play. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that Eli Manning's a bad quarterback, but Odell Beckham came on the scene as 11th overall and hasn't turned back since since he got healthy in his rookie year. I think that's part of the expectation they had with Corey Coleman, and we saw a flash of that. But again, when you get hurt, it just it kind of you just start to lose favor with the fan base, with the coaches, because like, you just can't be counted on to give meaningful reps, whether it's in practice or the game. <clears throat> so you almost want to start giving those reps to younger guys or, or look to trade them because same with Josh Gordon. I mean, I have, I have zero faith that Josh Gordon's going to be active on the Browns once he, if he's ever reinstated because there's no team. You can't count on the guy. So why, why try playing him? Yeah, I see – about a negative 10% chance Josh Gordon plays another game in a Browns uniform. Because even if he is reinstated, reinstated? It's pe- there's going to be the people that say, oh, we have to give him a chance. It's like, were you off the earth for the past three years? Like he, There's no point to keep. And I was the, one of the last holdouts of, oh, you might as well play him. But I want to give him a chance. Obviously, they want to so play bad. him. <laughs> like, as an objective it is an objective observer. There's no reason they should let him play on the team or in the NFL. I mean, the guy's been given every chance, and I get that <clears throat> smoking weed is not uh, not anything near like beating a woman or something it's like that. It's a that simple other rule to follow. Been. Yeah, and that, that's, that's my point to it is you've got all these guys that are doing much worse things, but you're doing something that you can literally control so, so easily. You know, there's guys that I guarantee you smoke weed in the NFL – that pass their drug test no problem, what, full, knowing full well when it's coming. And this guy's being tested every day, so you can't just you can't stay clean for uh, your whole life. Maybe I mean you've got millions of dollars at stake. Like make a decision, man. And if you still can't get clean after that, wh- how are we going to count on you to learn a playbook and be a good guy in the locker room? Like it, it's just a major character flaw. Yeah, the way I see this playing out is that Goodell's going to randomly reinstate him one day. And Browns fans are going to go nuts, and the front office is just going to like trade him. He should like, just sit on his contract, just to a good team, and people are going to freak out. The Browns are not going to be great because obviously, and he'll have a few touchdowns, and it'll just be a cycle. But no, the worst thing the worst thing that would come of that because that's a that's a real situation that I think is going to happen. Someone's going to trade for him, and someone's going to get a Josh Gordon that wants to play for them. But the worst part is that like. Every national media guy would be like, just another player that the Browns let get away. Just another homegrown talent that they let get away. Like, oh, yeah, because everyone in the world wasn't calling for Josh Gordon to never play another – like that he wasn't going to play in the NFL. And when he does, the Browns should move on, that it should be a clean break from both sides. But I guarantee you the second that they do, he's going to go out, ball out, and everyone's going to come back and say the Browns should have never traded Josh Gordon. Because that's – I mean, even – Another example of that is the Cavs game, too. After after game three, when they won game four, you turn on ESPN, it's nothing but, oh, the, the refs are, the refs cost Golden State uh, an NBA championship, and the Cavs have no chance. Like, I, that's the, just the a narrative cycle of national media that's more about shock value than real analysis. When you look in the stats just really quick on the Cavs, like, Warriors had more foul shots, Draymond Green was allowed to stay in the game, and it's just... Yeah. 
It makes it, it but makes that's how no it always sense. is. It's yeah. Cut Josh Gordon. He he does well. Oh, Browns are dumb. Like yep. It's the it's, Captain Hindsight from South Park who just yeah only solves things do, after the fact. Don't. <laughs> that's a funny one. Yeah, damned if you do and damned if you don't. If they keep him and he doesn't play, I mean, it's a guy or team wasting a guy's career or a guy wasting his own career. It's, I don't know. I, I think we're getting a little bit away yeah, We can from cross that bridge when it, in, but. when it comes, if it ever does. Do you think, getting back to the active receiving core, is there anyone that you want to see the Browns pursue? Or do you think it's, you know, getting Kenny Britt kind of just, that's who they're going with this year and seeing how it works? I like Eric Decker. Um, my only question with him, he's had a little bit of an injury history too. Not He's always just been kind of dinged up, though. I don't know how many games he's missed, but I know it's not an extensive amount. Um, but he's he's coming from a situation in New York that is what the Browns are exactly one year removed. So I, I don't know his willingness to want to come to a team like that. Um, he'll probably be better suited for a team, I think of Denver right away that needs kind of a slot. They need a good slot receiver. And Eric Decker's a very, or either a number two or a slot receiver. Um, maybe, obviously, Kansas City's not going in that direction, having just cut Jeremy Macklin, and he just signed with Baltimore. So I think the Browns, if they want to make their money talk and give a guy, uh, give a, guy a chance to be a, a solid number two receiver for an up-and-coming team that, if with good quarterback play, could make some noise in the division, I say go for it. You're getting me excited with the tidbit. Could make some noise in the division. I tried to use my words very carefully there. Cautiously optimistic. Well, if I say, oh, they're going to be playoff contenders. Uh, That's a hot take. Yeah, it's a very hot take. It's too hot, hot for this. That's sizzling. Sizzling hot You takes. can even say, I think the Browns are going to beat the Steelers opening day, and you'll be on the front page. They're not going to. Oh, they will. I'll be there. Maybe. Remember when uh, Spencer Landing got cleated in the face by Antonio Brown on opening day a couple yep. years ago? That was pretty awesome. I guess. That was pretty cool. I, I mean, it was cool, but it was kind of just like the epitome of the season. Week oh, one. yeah. And Terrence Stumped. West had 100 yards rushing, and then he was traded by week three. Ben Tate. No, Ben Tate had a or Yeah, Ben Tate. That was his only game. And then Crowell and Terrence West were like. Chronically injured pretty, Ben Tate. <laughs> Terrence West and Crowell were like pretty good. And Ben Tate like got cut out of the rotation and started bitching about it. And <laughs> There it goes. There goes Ben Tate, who's never played a snap in the NFL again. Uh, that was a great year for free agents, by the way. Dwayne Bowe, Ben Tate. Heartline. Oh, Heartline. Man, that's another one. Who wasn't horrible. He is what he is. He's like a, he had a crazy first down catch, I remember, at the end of one game. That was wow. like a Mac. Yeah, I know. Man, that's, he had a nice catch for a he first had a real down. Nice <laughs> so you're talking about your son's football team who's like, like Joe Jurevicious, man. Like, that guy just got first downs. Possession receiver. Very cerebral. Every every receiver should be a possession receiver. Yeah. They like, should, I like that, I right. like that Coleman be. guy, but he can't get first downs. Like, what does he do? <laughs> uh, yeah, that Dwayne Bow deal, I think, ball, is maybe why the Browns, you know, kind of got a, not young, but like Kenny Britt, who's like still under 30, as opposed to like a lot of fans just see like a big name. They're like, why don't we sign him? And it's like, well, those are the Dwayne Bowes of the world. Although to be fair, Dwayne Bow was clearly past his peak. Yeah, that was a, I think at the time we were all excited because you're like, oh, maybe this guy's got something left in the tank. He but they paid him too much year. for an if. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those cap casualties. But 
uh, you've got to be able, unless that guy's a real good actor, you've got to have a sense for what their motivations are. And I feel like even some of the guys like Jason McCourty, even Kenny Britt, um, some of the, the veterans that they've brought in in the latter half of the offseason, I feel like they're even buying, like, it doesn't, they don't say like they're here for a paycheck. Not that they would ever come out and say that, but they, they just, they have the right mentality that they, they feel that something special is being built. I think here. of any sport, football is the one where I think the players care the most. Because you have to. It's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's like to yeah. play professional football, you have to enjoy it. If yeah. you're, if, if, unless you're like a kicker. You can hate football if you're a kicker and just be like, this is a good way to make money. But if you're playing any other position, you can't like just hate it. Yeah. I mean, you even look at guys. Like, I mean, I grew up some with people some guys do, though. That, but I mean, it's just it's tough to compared to like yeah. baseball or basketball. You can just do, go through the motions. I remember playing sports with guys that, and there were a couple guys that were like just really good, you know, like if they really wanted to commit themselves, they probably could have gone on to play at a higher level, but they like, you talk to them and they just, they just don't like playing. You know, it's so weird that like you look at <clears throat> even a guy like, um, Oh, who's a guy. Aren't there guys in the NBA that like, don't want to come back or that retired early. Wasn't there a couple NFL players that retired like Patrick Willis. I know retired early. But like there's guys that retire early, maybe just because they don't love the game, you know, and it, it's so weird it's that you're like, grueling if you don't like it too. Yeah, you're like someone with as much talent. Like I would kill to have the talent and the ability to make millions of dollars like you do. It's so weird that someone else doesn't value that. Well, think if you play football or basketball or baseball or hockey or anything, your whole life since you're like three or four, and that's all yeah. you've ever done. You went to college, and your whole time in college was just football, and like your childhood was football. Or whatever sport, and now you're gonna you get paid like thirty million dollars. You're like, I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. Just take the and money. You, and go. Obviously, you're you're so committed that you're probably not enjoying life like in high school or college the way that people like us would. And obviously, people that aren't playing <laughs> Division One Oh, it was one so sports, much fun. But. I remember you see athletes like, oh, I got to go lift at six a.m. or I have practice yeah. at six a.m. I was like, six a.m. I can't even get up for my nine thirty class. And yeah, a lot of these athletes so are doing it at them. schools that aren't. High-profile schools. Most student-athletes are at small schools. Imagine being like Pierre Garçon, for example, who went to, like, Mount Union. Yeah. He had to enjoy football because there's no full scholarships at D3. Mm-hmm. It's like, it worked out for him, but, man, to stick with it, you have to really believe you're going to go to the NFL and, like, love football. Yeah. It's, it's some serious dedication. It's like know, 1920s it's... athletes. Like, love yeah. of the game. Yeah. Bobby and Jones. You've got to have some serious dedication where you almost miss out on parts of that that part of your i would say probably the maturation process as well so you get into and you have to grow up fast too yeah you get into guys like even jamarcus russell like perfect example a guy that got paid 60 million dollars guaranteed well, and that was never also the had fault of do... the system because if someone pays you 60 million to do nothing it's like yeah but he's also like he got to the point where he's like i don't have to i don't have to work out like i'm a millionaire you know so you're and it was guaranteed. I, mean, I guess any player can do that but it's just go, falls back on the person of not really caring that much about the game like johnny manzel another example guaranteed money for rookies is fine but when it's like as much as it was for russell and bradford before they kind of you know capped it yeah i mean it'd be tough to show up if you were guaranteed 60 million dollars oh you'd walk around with i'd have the biggest swing and d ever you're getting sacked by like jj watt you're like nope absolutely not this is stupid thanks jj making that's where it's crazy however many dollars Osweiler. Still is like, I'm an NFL starting quarterback, and he's going to get paid $16 million this year, maybe not even step on the field. When he's cut next year or this year, how many, um, like, what's the market value for Brock Osweiler if he's a free agent? 
Like what? Like is he gonna? He's gonna be humbled. I don't by what know he gets. because the precedent is his own contract. And look at what Mike Lennon's getting in Chicago. Would it's almost like get- to, to get paid a lot. You have to either be a hyped backup. Or you have to be someone who's no one no one has really talked about in years, so you yeah. haven't played. So like Mike Lennon's probably still good. But like, yeah, that's why Jameis Winston beat him out day one. I know, and that's I'll never understand why Mike Lennon got fifteen million dollars. It's almost like the fascination of the unknown that we talked about earlier in these podcasts with a known commodity versus like something you don't know. And you need yeah, less, you need to be like Matt Flynn <clears throat> and have like one game of tape. Yeah, like if you're a backup quarterback, if you go in there, <clears throat> even Jimmy Garoppolo is another one that he hasn't played a lot, but man, in the times that potential. he has, he's <clears throat> he's going to make some serious money. Oh yeah, and for a guy like Mike Lennon, I mean, you you really only showed it that first year before Jameis came along, and all he's done since then is just be a tall quarterback. So like, but that's why, a hot commodity. Apparently, why do you get paid seventeen million or fifteen million dollars to do that? And they drafted Trubisky too. <laughs> Maybe that's why. But I mean, I guess he was like crying to the Bears after Trubisky. Did you know drafted. Trubisky entered camp as the third string quarterback behind Glennon and Mark Sanchez? The Sanchez. And Maybe they, there's they a lot really of Chicago. I saw an article in like the Tribune or some Chicago site, and it was like. The more Mitch Trubisky talks, the dumber the Bears look. And it wasn't a reflection on Mitch. It was a reflection yeah. on they made him third string, and he's second overall pick. Yeah. But I digress. Has he, said, has he come out and had an interview or something like that? He just said, like, yeah, you know, I'm you know, working with a you know, third team or whatever, but he's saying all the right things. But everyone's yeah. like, wait, what? You're third team? They probably just don't. I mean, listen, my thoughts on all these rookie quarterbacks, same thing I think with Deshaun Kaiser is, Every year we get the crop of first and second rounders that coaches will come out and say until they're blue in the face that they want to keep these guys on the bench and that they want to keep them raw. But when you're comparing the ceiling on guys like Deshaun Kaiser, ceiling on guys like Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, I'm sure, is probably already penciled in as a starter, or he will be soon. You look at the ceiling of those guys and getting them the reps that they need now versus the ceiling of someone, Cody Kessler, Tom Savage. Like, how far are those guys going to take you versus if we can get Deshaun Kaiser to the same-ish level now, what's he going to be in eight weeks if he really finds a stride? You know, that's why I would always advocate for starting a guy with the higher upside because if you bet, you win big. Bet big, you win big. There's no, like, Deshaun Kaiser, you start him week one, if he plays 500 football and just wins you a couple games here and there by week eight, you know, he could it could just click for him one day from that experience. And it may not, but I think you go, I think you should always start the quarterback with the highest upside. It is crazy. Cause I mean, obviously Hugh Jackson said Kessler's the early starter, but that doesn't mean anything. Cause it's June Brock Osweiler's pr- looking good in camp because he's, you know, he's solid in practice. I have to eat my words on that one. Oh yeah. But Deshaun Kaiser could easily be the week one quarterback. Like, he probably has the same chance as Kessler and Osweiler if he remains on. It's, like, equal. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another open competition that's hidden as a, you know, competition. Well, that's the problem I have with competitions, too. It's like <clears throat> you, have, you have three quarterbacks, which means you have none. So until you decide which quarterback you want to roll with, I mean, you're, you're taking – like, the, the Osweiler thing makes no sense. So if he plays well, he's your starter – so then what do you do with Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser? And do you start Osweiler knowing that you're not going to keep him next year? 
And then what happens? Exactly. And then what happens if Kessler's your starter? Do you make Osweiler backup? Are you for sure not playing Deshaun Kaiser next year? Like, it's it's just causing I think more confusion in, in who they what they want to do at quarterback versus finding a guy that can actually play or getting a guy reps that might be the the week one starter. I think did you see that Schefter tweet about how a uh, Browns player privately thinks that Brock could be the QB one heading into training camp. Was the player Brock? <laughs> it might have been. Because it could funny. have been. <laughs> um, maybe, but I, I think that's a... He could. I mean, he has the most experience. And I know. I'm, and I'm not, said he's looked good I don't too. think Brock Osweiler is a good quarterback. But what I'm saying is, compared to Kessler and Kaiser, who's never played in a game, and Kevin Hogan, of course, he's, yeah. he's probably the most capable to be the starter. It doesn't mean the Browns are going to have the best season, but I think he's the most capable. So players on the team probably being around him, they're like, oh, because he's also older. He's a veteran. So it's like. Yeah. They said he's looked good, which is just like. But it's I, so I much gotta... different in practice. You know this, but in practice when it's, no one's touching you and then in a game when, you know, the Steelers use their blitzes where it's like guys are dropping in the zone, rushing through, and it's you can't yeah. even. Well, what are they not even comparable. A, are they going to run a, a read option with <laughs> giraffe, newborn giraffe Brock Osweiler back there? Just hobbling around. <laughs> not a chance. I don't know. Not I don't think there's uh, there's really no need to keep him. I like, I like keeping him in the sense where he can help the younger quarterbacks. But if you're not going to commit to him past this year, then it's like the most pointless thing. You're taking away reps from, from like, unless he's desperately trying to save his job or really doesn't think that Deshaun Kaiser can play right now. I think a lot of this praise of Brock has to do with the fact that they're trying to trade him. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get someone to pay at least like six million. Just butter him up, make him look, put some lipstick on that pig. He's already a good looking guy. Ship him off to like. Ah, the Jets CFL. don't want him. The Jets are trying to go negative four and You 20. think the Jets would want him if they're trying you to think. lose. But no, they're Josh trying McCown's to get, there to start. They want Sam Darnold, so they're going to they're gonna go in 16. I bet they go in 16 this year. Isn't it crazy to, like, what if Sam Darnold comes out week one? Let's, let's say, or let's say the Jets are, they're obviously tanking. Let's say they're like, all right, we want Darnold. And Darnold just is either horrible or just gets hurt. It's like you just wasted a whole – you just put – I mean, Jets fans are always going to go to the games. Yep. They're not going to stop going. Same with Browns fans, at least in the first half of the year. But it's like you're just wasting a season of everyone's time. Yeah. And the NFL – I mean, it's been around since like mid four, or I mean, the NFL has been around since 1920, but like a more modern version, mm-hmm. probably since like 50 years ago. But – it's like you just—it's not a permanent thing, and you're just spending a whole year. Yeah, Didn't like imagine if like a, a restaurant just made horrible food. Well, it happened with the Clippers with Blake Griffin. Remember, he tore up the the tournament and then got drafted number one overall, and then tore his or had knee troubles that first year, and then he had—I think he well, won. Think about every Seventy Sixers year, right? pick. Yeah, pretty much. I forgot they have Ben Simmons too. Didn't even play. Well, they might be pretty. He's good still next growing. Year. Yeah, that's creepy. I mean, is like it nice to not talk like about the Cavs like draft lottery, though? What? I think it's nice not having to talk about the Cavs draft lottery again. Well, yeah, because you get. So, I was thinking about so the MLB draft. We're we're recording this Monday. The MLB draft starts today on Monday, and it's like 
oh, okay, the MLB draft is today? Or the NBA draft, like, hmm, basically the whole story of the NBA draft is where's Lonzo Ball going to go just out of curiosity. Oh, I hope but the NFL draft it. is like its own, it's like secondary almost to the Super Bowl. Oh, it's a huge spectacle. And it's, <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think a lot of it has to do with um, the level of talent that comes out in the in even the first three rounds talent. of the draft. Yeah, for the first three rounds of the draft, you can get guys that will start on your football team. Like, that's what you're expecting out of them. And football With, is the only sport where no matter what state you go to, you could find a college stadium that's like 100,000 yeah. seats. Yeah. And when you look at, at basketball, I think a lot of it has to do – like, the reason I don't like the NBA draft is because outside of five guys maybe – if that some years it's less, some years it's a little bit more. But uh, once you get outside that lottery range, there's not a lot of guys that are that superstar type impact that they may start for you, but 80% of them are averaging seven minutes a game, like two points and one, one assist, one rebound. You know, like they're not even sniffing the floor because they can't, they're just not good. The talent, the talent pool after the first 10 picks in the NBA is just a complete, complete drop-off compared to te- like uh, talent in the NFL. I think a lot of it has to do with the one-and-done rule. I would, I want, I've wanted the one-and-done rule gone. I think it should be you should be able to come out of high school, and if you want to go to college, you have to go to college for three years. But if you think you can come out and play out of high school in the NBA, I think have at it. But All this draft talk has given me a question to ask you about the Browns draft. Oh, boy. So we can move away from basketball, Andrew. That's fun. I'm sorry. Out of the top five Browns picks, so Garrett, Peppers, Njoku, Kaiser, and Ogunjobi, do you think one of them is going to be a bust? Or do you think we have five starters? I mean, and Ogunjobi might be in the rotation. I I actually like the first five players a lot. Like you, you look at last year's first couple picks, and I look at this year's first five picks, and like it's, it's like they almost went kind of away from analytics, and we're just like, pick some damn football players and let's play. You I mean, know? That is analytics, though, too. I agree, but I mean, look, look at, at Njoku, like an athletic, tall, fast Corey tight end. Coleman, who did they take in the second round? Last year, Corey Coleman, Agba, and then Nasib. Agba, Nasib, then they took all Coleman. award winners. Yeah, and it's just even those guys didn't have, like, Ogbo was good. I thought Ogbo was a good pick, but Nassib, largely unknown, didn't know much about him. Even though he was like an award couple, winner at they Penn took State. A, took a couple offensive linemen. Like, it was more, like, even after you see the impact of that, their rookie year, too, they, they weren't necessarily the jump-off-the-page type rookies that uh, you should see on a team with so little talent. Like, there were no flashes from any of those guys outside of Agba and Nassib a little bit early on. Um, <clears throat> with this class, I feel like there's going to be a lot more ability for guys like Miles Garrett and, and Pe- Peppers especially to, to really shine. You know, I love Jabril Peppers, so I don't think he – I think people say, like, oh, he's going to be a bust. It's like, H- how? He was so good in college that they made him do everything. He was so good, and a lot of people, myself included, look at the interception ratio to start. Like the fact that he only had one interception, that's terrible. Not gonna lie. But I he's mean, playing running is back. it a he's big deal though? His team did well. Yeah. No. I, and I don't. I, I <clears throat> kind of jumped the gun when I talked about that stuff because it's. 
I, I honestly had probably the Michigan or I had the Ohio State shades on. You know, I was like, oh, Jabril Peppers. Like an Hooker interception. I board. mean, if he's playing because he was playing linebacker. Yeah, and he's he's a hard hitting athlete, and that's something that Browns need. Like just a guy that's going to fly all over the field. That he doesn't need to get interceptions. He needs to just be involved in plays and pass breakups, he, pressures. You know what I like? He's a, just a good tackler, like a fundamentally sound tackler, which I can't tell you how many times I've seen Browns cornerbacks just do that. Like they just do that half ass dive. Like I don't know what I don't know what it is, but it's a terrible attempt at an arm tackle. And Julius Peppers will come up and greet you, and that's what I like. That's what I want. I you want to see out of my Browns Jabril defense. Peppers or Julius Peppers? Did I say Julius Peppers? Because it'd probably be both. Yeah, I would say that that answer works for both. But I'm you're put, you're watching a Browns game, you whiff, and then Julius Peppers comes up and says hello. Yep. I'm so yep. confused. I'm sorry. I do like Julius Peppers though. He's pretty good. I prefer Jabril now. A little younger, a little more energetic. True. But yeah, it was a he lot of just like Ohio State bias. Like automatically, it was just he stinks. He's no good. Like, well, he's pretty good. Like, you can yeah. There's, I, and I'll, I'll never understand that. It's not like Jabril Peppers, like, was like, I will never play for an Ohio team. Go Wolverines. Like, he's from New Jersey. He lived yeah, in Michigan for like four years. It's, a, I mean, that's and he all, went there he, because he, it was a high-profile school to go play football. He didn't go there yeah. because he like bled yellow if and blue. You care about. If you care about like not playing with someone because you were enemies, like your teams were rivals in college, then I think you got Tom Brady went to, to Michigan, about. and I don't see people like if he shows his face in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. We had Braylon Edwards. Football games. If he intercepts the ball and takes, if he intercepts a pass and takes it for a touchdown, or takes the first kickoff for a touchdown, that'd be nuts. No one is gonna care. Like Braylon Edwards. Yeah, we had Braylon Edwards, and I think I was we were probably too young to really – and that was, like, before social media was as big. Oh, I remember Braylon. No, I, I don't mean remembering him. I mean, like, the – like, social media wasn't as big then, so it's like you couldn't really get a good grasp on crazy people's opinions. So, well, I mean – I would say my dad's sh- draft party that's filled with some crazy people, and they didn't like it because they were like, oh, drafting Braylon out of Michigan. He's a Michigan. But. Giant wide receiver who was fast. Given he has now? no hands. You seen him now? I have not. Like a body, he's a bodybuilder. His, head, his oh, biceps are like the size of his head. Yeah, it's crazy. He's got a lot of time and money. Yeah. But yeah, the Michigan he, bias to me is just... Remember when he punched LeBron's boy in the face and then he was traded like the next week? That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, LeBron's basically like, unto- like, any, like... LeBron is probably one of the most powerful people in the city. So, like, What is Braylon thinking, man? And the guy was me. tiny, too. Yeah. Oh well. Good times. Good times. Man, punch punching LeBron's friend. Good time. Good time. We gotta we gotta get that level of fame. No, I'm all right. This is the <laughs> this is this is the resolution of the episode where everyone loses energy because it's ninety degrees in my house. In the land, but I want to ask land. you one final there question. There is just one more thing. Final question is, it is mid-June, and since there's literally nothing going on, I'd like to have you have things be put on the record so I can bring them up in the future. (laughs) Will Brock Osweiler be on the Browns after the second preseason game? Yeah. You think yes? Yeah. I think so, too. I didn't think so at first, but now I think so. It's not like the Browns said, we're trading him. The media was like... They're going to trade him. 
It's like, yeah. who did you uh, ask? It's like, trust me. And then when you say like, no, no one's held to their opinions anymore these days. It's oh, like you no, said you that. Bring up like, well, that's what it's I like, thought. Like, well, you just yeah. said it as fact. And I get that. That's a good response. Like, yeah, obviously we're not going to be right all the time. But if you're a guy like, uh, like Nick Wright, always like Nick's like he's very good at admitting like when he came into the Golden State series. I mean, he was like, Cavs are going to win in five, and then they got. He's like, I wasn't wrong about LeBron. I was wrong about how like I didn't think Golden State was this good. And so, it's I mean, just it's, sports, so it's like admitting you're wrong is fine because you have no control. Yeah. It's like why I mean, obviously you don't have to sit there and defend defend like I think I said I tweeted one time that Kyrie was better than John Wall, and he like, is. oh I know, but some people like people were like, well, how could you say that John Wall's so much better? It's opinion like, based. Well, I know, and so I just put the picture of uh, and like this, I just responded with the picture of Kyrie dot in the eye and Steph's face in Game Seven, and he was like, it doesn't matter, Russ is still better. Like, but I'm like, dude. I'm just saying. I, no, Kyrie, it's, I think it's amazing how John Wall. No, any opinion you have on anything will be hotly contested by some other person. You could just be like, you know what? I really enjoy chocolate ice cream more than vanilla, and it's like you. Animal. I couldn't handle. I couldn't handle having like more or Twitter followers followers that like responded to some of the idiotic oh, I, things I say. That's like. I see people, and it's just you can if you just do at, and then someone like who has a lot of followers. It's horrible, and it's worse I'd be, I'd for like all day for like, for women in sports. It's it's like brutal. It's like what is wrong with these people? I mean, it happens like, to men too, but like you have to give props to like female sports writers for years just have to deal with garbage from crazy people who oh, are yeah. like it's just the most ridiculous thing. It's like what is wrong with you? This just she knows dumb. infinitely more than you do. Yeah, curmudgeon-y takes on like. Like you said, women in broadcasting. Like Jessica Mendoza or, doing Sunday Night Baseball, who's a very intelligent broadcaster. Yeah. It's like they turn it on and they're like, Bleh. like no. And then they feel the need to tell other people about their hateful take that's just wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna I get on stand. a 45 minute rampage about crazy people on Twitter. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's they're all there. The thing I don't understand is like the thing I can't stand in social media nowadays is like how it's perpetuated guys like Levar Ball to have a platform. All the terrible things that he said, whether it's about Kyrie's mother, whether it's the interview he did on Colin with Colin Cowherd, like stay in your lane. telling that woman to stay in her lane. Like, I mean, just it's appalling to watch this man talk, but yet he's given a platform at every turn because it, it's it gets views. Well, and think how it son, works. It's Stephen A. Smith will say something heinous and it's just on Twitter. Like he yeah. said, what? I don't get it, but and then you put ads in those videos, and that's how money is made in the media world, my young friend. (laughs) Let's. We'll be right back with this ad brought to you by Levar. Big Baller Brand tennis shoes. Big Baller Brand. (laughs) I have a pair. Stephen, what kind of shoes are you wearing over there? Well, I just spent my last four hundred ninety-five dollars shoes. (laughs) I hate that man. He also tried out for the Lakers or worked out for the Lakers in James Harden shoes. They also said that. They didn't love like they were like, I don't know if we draft him. Like he didn't blow us away. So I hope he goes to Milwaukee. Hope he goes to like Brooklyn. Just farthest away from LA as possible. They're terrible. Or like the Clippers. You know, he wants to play for the Lakers so bad, but he goes and plays for the Clippers. <laughs> I don't know. We're we're getting off topic. I think 
Brock Osweiler gets us both very heated, and he's a, he's the best segue. Like when you come to talk about Brock Osweiler, you can go in any direction from ice cream yeah, flavors. You can. The topic <laughs> of our next five podcasts will be Brock Osweiler, and we'll let you know where they take. Like us. we're talking about Brock, but you know, I really I saw this hot take on Twitter, but alas, it was very hot in my house. Any final thoughts from you? Because there's no. like literally no Browns news right now, and I know no, saying this, not. something's gonna break before I post this. <laughs> yep, exactly. We'll have to record, re-record the whole thing. Um, no, go Cavs. Cavs in seven. I, ho- I mean, after this, the series could be over by the time this is up. But Cavs are going to win tonight, and then they're going to win game six, and then they're going to win game seven. All right. If not, I'll just cut it. But All right. <laughs> yeah, Signing off, this is our 11th episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs>